Wow, what a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s. A time of AMRAs and clamshells. A time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs. A time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of Blockbuster Video. The Walmart of the video rental industry. The mom and pop video store killer. The corporate big choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars, who are in the know, arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Welcome back, everybody, to the Talkbuster podcast on a very special edition, as I'm calling it right now. Um, uh, it's currently March 8th, 2019, um, just to give people an idea of when I'm recording this, because dates don't really usually matter with all of this, but tonight they do. Um, so up until now, this has been a podcast about nostalgia, as I've called it, of the before time of the long, long ago, um, where me and my friends and my guests all used to work for a industry that, um, you know, we've been kind of eulogizing on this, right? An industry that isn't really here anymore. And, um, the days of future past are upon us folks, because tonight's guest is someone who actually still works for a video store and none other than blockbuster video. Um, my guest tonight is Sandy Harding, the general manager of the blockbuster video in Bend, Oregon. And I'm so excited to have her on, especially with how busy her schedule I'm sure is not only running the last blockbuster on the planet now, but also taking lots of phone calls and interviews with actual real news agencies instead of little old me over here in Massachusetts. So, uh, Sandy, introduce yourself, and thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome. So, it's Sandy Harding, and I'm the general manager of the last blockbuster on the planet, but I'm very excited to be on here for you. That's awesome. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I guess we're both excited then, and you can hear me okay, right? I can, yes. Just making sure you're, you're coming through loud and clear, just making sure. Um, so uh, before I get into the, the store and how you got there, um, since I'm from the complete other coast of the United States, um, give me an idea of what um, Bend, Oregon is like. Um, have, have you always lived there? Uh, you know, kind of what's it like over there? You, well, I, no? I've, lived, I've lived in Bend, um, well, far more than I've lived anywhere else at this point. Um, I actually moved over here. Um, when I was a freshman in high school. So that was, you know, back in uh, 1990 or 1986. Going to date myself here. Um, but uh, Bend is beautiful. You know, when I first moved here, there's about 36,000 people. And now we're up to, I know the census probably says right around 90, 91,000, but it's probably closer to 100,000 when you've got everybody kind of that's right outside the city limits. Um, but it's a huge area. It's a beautiful area. Uh, we have Mount Bachelor, the Deschutes River. We have the um, 
you know, about 30 minutes the other direction. You can be out in the middle of the desert and um, it's just a gorgeous area. That's awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm from Massachusetts. I don't know if you've ever been here. Um, I, the furthest east I've been is Minneapolis. Cool. So in, until about, uh, uh, God, three years ago, the farthest west I had been was Chicago. And now I've been to um, L.A. and uh, San Francisco. So almost almost up your way. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to hopefully you can't hear my cat too much. Believe it or not, she was sleeping up until about five minutes ago. Oh, it's 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 completely fine. So it's it's like with Captain Marvel, right? The cat is a supporting character. So <laughs> I, I've got you there, too. And and what a tie in that is since Blockbuster is in Captain Marvel. Huh? How about that? Oh, and it started. Did, I think it started playing last night here. Yeah, it did. the official date was today. Yes. I know. Have you seen it yet? I'm seeing it tomorrow, actually. Okay, because I know that I had seen Captain Marvel crashing into the Blockbuster store, but one of my employees already saw it and said that it's a much bigger um, section of the movie other than just her smashing into the store. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I, I was going to ask if you um, if you guys were made aware of that or had hand in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, we weren't aware of it until the trailer dropped, um, but then we had a ton because that was about the same time that we became the last one in America. Right. And so um, it was kind of funny because that dropped and uh, we had so many people call in and asking us if, if that was our store. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Of course, it wasn't our store. We wish Disney would have called us, but uh, that didn't happen. That would have been nuts. <laughs> it would have been nuts. Um, and the funny thing is we have the wire racks now. And when I first came to work for um, Ken and Debbie at Blockbuster, we still had those old wooden racks and things oh, yeah. that you see in the movie. And so, uh, you know, the ones that you used to try to put the movie away and you hit your knuckle on and you ripped about three layers of skin off. Yeah, and, yeah the, the, the perf board Ikea shelves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That were perfect for VHS, but they sucked for DVD, especially if you were doing inventory. Oh, so um, terrible. And, and then they, they bring that wonderful thing in where, you, you know, if they arrange the store the wrong way, which a lot of the ones around here were renovated banks and things that they mm -hmm. turned into blockbusters, they weren't new construction. So they'd have, you know, the six foot tall shelves turned um, uh, perpendicular to the CSR pit. So you'd look down and people could hide behind them and take whatever they wanted, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, and oh, and we did. And we actually, because we're locally owned, we would have we had plants in our store. And so we had plants on the tops of all those dang wooden shelves. And, yeah, the same thing. People would get behind them. You'd have gum stuck to the back of the planters. Um, it would be just uh, anyway. But, you know, a f back to little side note about inventory i don't know how you guys did it but you know after a night of inventory i would the next morning oh my god i felt like i had done 100 squats and oh, yeah. you can't, oh yeah and you can't move i got to the point where i finally started bringing my son's skateboard in and i would sit my tush on that skateboard and slide back and forth you know that's that's ingenious i can't wait to tell um my original store manager scott is going to be on um this show in a couple weeks and um, I can't wait to tell them that all of them are going to be like, really, why didn't we ever think of that? Because um, I'm imagining you still go around holding the scanners on the long cords. Is that how you do it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it hasn't changed. Oh, no. It hasn't changed. And about the only thing, we don't do inventory nearly as often as we used to, um, simply because we don't have to. Um, and right. I, as you remember, it, it sucked. Oh, it was terrible. The, the worst part was scanning candy, even though yeah. the taste is like, come on, it's candy. Like, well, 
Exactly. And that's the one, actually, honestly, those are the ones, the retail stuff is the ones we still do quite often. It's the rentals. And did you guys have the um, artwork or did you guys actually have the paper sleeves with the Blockbuster name and everything that you took home? We had the paper sleeves with the, yeah, the, the artwork wasn't, the artwork was stayed on the shelf. Um, so what, did you ever like switch the, over? Yep. So you always had the paper sleeves, you never switched over to the artwork? Correct. The artwork was like in a in, on the VHSs because when I started, we were primarily VHS. Um, DVD had just started in 2000 when I started there. Um, we had like so, one row. Yep, in 2000 is when I started at Blockbuster too. So that's funny. Um, but yeah, we had we switched over to the artwork, and um, so now with those darn the labels, if you thought scanning inventory with those paper sleeves was bad, you should try the PRP labels. Oh God. Those things rub off. They, oh, yeah. Oh, you can't scan them through the plastic for the games. Oh, it's just terrible. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, you know, um, this is awesome already. So <laughs> every everybody I've pretty much outside of the people from I've had people from movie gallery, people from Hollywood video um, get in touch with me and be on the show. So I've had the competition on, too. Um, but most of the people I've had on know me, you know, yeah. um, so they kind of shared the same background so you've told me a little bit about yourself again but i wanted you to know um you know my history with blockbuster goes way back to the year 2000 my brother who um is movie bob he's an internet critic that's pretty well known throughout the country more than me and he's got, got me started in this but i worked there with him um every all of our group of friends all of the groomsmen in my wedding were pretty much all people i worked at blockbuster with and i actually met my wife at the blockbuster i worked at in salem so our story goes all the way back to there. So oh, she, she was a friend of one of my managers and I was 17. So I had to cut off work at 10 and we'd go and hang out. We eventually ended up dating. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. So, you know, that's my, so, so let's see. So I talked about Bend, um, you gave me a background on there. So how did you end up at Blockbuster? So I, um, so yeah, that's a funny thing too. Cause my husband, um, actually worked at a corporate Blockbuster when we first got married in a different town and then um we moved back to bend because we were only gone for maybe a year we moved back to bend and um the company that i'd worked for uh maurice's i don't know if you know anything about maurice's it's a clothing retail clothing company um but anyway i worked for them for 10 years and they were closing the mall that we had our store in was being torn down and now it's a strip mall but anyway another uh bygone era right of of malls indoor malls. oh yeah um but anyway, so I had originally met him in the mall, and then he worked at, like I said, a Blockbuster, and he worked at a couple of different mom-and-pop video stores while he was in college and when we were first married. And uh, anyway, so Maurice is closed, and my best friend actually worked at Blockbuster, and I was going absolutely bonkers at home with my three little ones and begged and pleaded for a part-time job. And she was so funny because she goes, you know, we're actually opening up a brand-new store, and we're looking for a manager. And I'm like, Really? I really don't want to work. I just want a part-time job. I don't want to be a manager again. Um, but anyway, I uh, and met with the general manager that was here at the time. And, you know, that I ended up running the store. And uh, I actually, we opened the store December 13th. And the end of late fee started, I think, January 1st or right around that time. It was right after Christmas. And boy, was that, I had just started in August. And so, um, and that was in 2000. And that was quite an experience going from not knowing anything about the movie business other than my husband having worked there and being a renter to dealing with end of late fees. That 
that sucked. I'll just be quite honest. That was terrible. Oh, yeah. So, so you said end of late fees? Yeah. Do you remember when they did the no late fees program? Oh, right. And it just became restocking fees. Sorry. Yeah. I um, uh-huh. Don't mind me. I, I was I, I, I must have repressed those memories. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was horrible, especially oh. with the old, especially with the old VHS tapes that would ring in at like one hundred and ten dollars and people would oh, be yeah. getting bowed off on their credit cards on them. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then if you didn't keep up on the FOS or God forbid something happened and you missed one um, and then people were mad because their, their you know, charge accounts were being overcharged and oh, it was a nightmare. And then they would swear up and down that they didn't know anything about the, the terms and conditions. And you're like, but it's posted everywhere. So anyway. Oh, a little hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, no. So that was my, um, you know, grand experience with Blockbuster was the end of late fees. Um, but anyway, so then about six months later, the general manager that was here left and I transferred from that brand new store to the store that I'm at now. And co, we kind of split the general manager's job between me and my best friend who was managing one of the other stores. And um, anyway, we did that for a few years. I did all the payroll and personnel, which was kind of more my um, uh, my alley anyway. And she did all the movie ordering and supplies. And then she ended up leaving and I ended up taking over all of it. And so that was probably 2007, 2008, when I started, I was the general manager for the whole thing. And we still had five stores at the time. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where, where I got to where I am now and still here. That's, that's awesome. So, um, you know, you talk about, you know, having to order and set up movies and, you know, I ended up a store manager um, near the end of my career there and it was crazy and hectic and insane and i was only like 19 and it was mm-hmm. it was just chaos <laughs> running a whole store but um i loved it at the same time but um you know you said this was a fran- franchise store not a corporate store correct um and so you know i'm sure the times changed you know from the year 2000 till now or even till 2010 when you know the the grand upheaval started and they all started mm-hmm. disappearing um but uh what was it like, you know, say at the beginning in the early 2000s working in a franchise? Was it super different? Because I, 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 we didn't have a lot of experience with franchises around here. I think there was one in the area and the rest were all corporate stores. So um, give a little bit of, you know, background on what that was like. And if you know any differences between that and the corporate stores, I'm not sure if you knew or not. No, but, uh, I, I did. In fact, because I'd hired a few people here and there that would come from a corporate store into the, into our store. And plus, like I said, my husband worked for a corporate store, so I knew a right. little bit about it. Um, you know, and that hadn't been maybe six years before I started working here, but, um, you know, I think that probably the freedom that we had where I know for you guys, I think taking late fees off and doing different things was a lot more stricter using the credit. Oh, ab- absolutely. And, uh, for us, it wasn't, I mean, you just had to, you know, Ken and Debbie are wonderful people. And one of the reasons why I've stayed working for them as long as I have is one, because it's a family business. And you were talking about how your brother worked there and your groomsmen. All three of my sons have worked at Blockbuster. In fact, my youngest is still works there. He's the assistant manager. Um, I didn't promote him. The manager that I had working under me did. Um, I wouldn't have. No, I'm just teasing. Um, (laughs) But anyway, uh, so, you know, we're definitely a Blockbuster family as well. I've had a couple nieces and a nephew work for me and we've had multiple families, um, Ken and Debbie and their children all of course worked at the blockbuster at one point or another. And so, I mean, the whole kinship family business, that's, that was kind of Ken's thing too. And, uh, he was all about taking care of the customers and 
that's one of the things that I had been managing since I was 19 as well. And so when I came to work for Ken and Debbie, I didn't want to work for a company that didn't value customer service. And that's one of the things that I found with working for Ken and Debbie and as a franchise that we had the freedom to be all about our customer, where I felt like when I talked to people about corporate stores, that kind of got lost a little bit. Like you could only do so much before your hands were tied. Oh, and they would, they would come in and after a while, especially near the end, like the 2007, 2008 timeframe when the writing was on the wall. I mean, I remember as a store manager getting video store magazine and seeing the, you know, that was right around the time where Netflix was still in, in the possibility of Viacom and Blockbuster buying them. Right. That was a big, big deal at the time. And, um, we saw the video store magazine with the, what became Redbox on the cover. (laughs) And it said right on the front of video store magazine, will this be the end? And it's just like, oh crap. You know what I mean? And right around that time is when the, the sales came in, the DVD players, the t-shirts, the toys, it it started turning into more like a GameStop, kind of how GameStop is now or a Best Buy. And, you know, the thing I always said to my friends and what it sounds like your store was and still is, is I, I looked at my experience at Blockbuster is within the bubble that we created between our, our friendships and our interpersonal working and how much fun it was to come to work and our regular customers that we loved and everything. We created kind of this like bubble of specialty store within a corporate, with the corporate world. And it, it sounds to me like the franchises were kind of able to be what we kind of created in our minds, you know, yeah. with, with an, store. I mean, we used to have an employee favorite section. They came in and dismantled that. Um, we had movie reviews that the employees would write. They came in and dismantled that. Um, we all made a movie together. And when corporate found out, they decided that since we were employees, they owned it. Yeah. And that, that, that got a little weird. Um, and it wasn't like a movie we were selling, right? We just did it for fun. Um, so it was, it was very weird. Um, yeah. Oh, that's the the horrible thing about the corporate world is that right. they so often, you know, working for big chains, they look at the grand scheme or the big picture, right? The grand scheme of the project and they forget about the individuality. So, I mean, I know lots of companies that I have worked for or that I have friends that work for and they'll talk about it. I'm like, you know, things that might do well in Salem, Massachusetts or in Chicago, Illinois, may not work very well in small Bend, Oregon. Absolutely. So it's like you have to be able to have that individuality, um, even within Bend. And at the time when I started, we had about 50,000 people. So, I mean, Bend has grown tremendously in the last 20 years. But, um, you know, we had four Blockbuster stores. There was a couple mom and pop, and there was a Hollywood here with 50,000 people. And wow. so there was a lot of competition, but Bend was a huge movie renting town. But even between my four stores I had in Bend. I had one store that was really big with foreign movies. I had one store that was really big with horror movies. And it was like, you, with as a franchise, I was able to kind of tweak that and you're able to order in extra movies and that, you know, for each thing versus just being in the corporate bubble where everybody gets the same amount. And, and everybody gets and the same that's, thing. That, that's that's kind of what, what made me touch on that question is we as store managers had no control yeah. in the corporate world over what our store got. We couldn't say, hey, you know, my customers have been asking about, you know, this movie that I know we're only going to get 20 of for like the last six months. We weren't able to adjust that. We weren't able to change that. Um, and so it's, it's very interesting to hear. And I'm, I'm actually very jealous. Um, it, you know, it, 
it, it's great. And, you know, I, I brought up at the beginning of this, this podcast when we were talking, but I'm so happy that this world that I've been talking about, like it was gone, still exists. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to buy a plane ticket, just come there right now, just to, like, hang out for an afternoon, check it out. So, you know? If you do, bring your card. Because... Oh, absolutely. Well, actually, I, I was going to get to that. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I'll, I'll just jump to that right now. But, uh, but I had another question. So you said mm-hmm. in Bend itself, you said there were four or five blockbusters and then a Hollywood. Yeah, we had four blockbusters in Bend, a Hollywood. And I think there was two or three mom and pop um, locally owned. So, so aside from you, what mm-hmm. was the last blockbuster in your area to still be around? Like how long ago? Well, um, remember everything in Central Oregon we had. So we we closed our last one in Redmond, uh, which is about a town about 20 minutes away. Um, last March, so a year ago. Oh, oh wow. Uh, and then there was one still in Sandy, Oregon, that closed uh, the end of 2017. So they, I think he was done in December of 2017. So we had still had three here in Oregon in 2017. There was one in Texas, and then there was the five, five or six, I think, in Alaska. I think there was nine of us total yep. still. Um, and then they closed Texas and Sandy both closed down at the same time at the end of the year. And I think maybe one of the Alaska stores, and then it was like the Alaska stores all just kind of folded up within a six month period. They were just all gone. And we, the Redmond store, unfortunately was the only store out of the five that we had that we ever closed because it was poor performance. Um, we loved the store. We had wonderful customers. In fact, there's a couple of them. I still take movies back and forth to Redmond for from Bend, um, just because I can't not have them in my life they're just wonderful people but um we you know we closed that store and ken and debbie actually owned the building that that store was in so that made it even tougher and we probably held on to that store far longer than we should have um just simply because that town only has about thirty-eight thousand people it really was too small with all the streaming and Redbox and everything else it was just too much that store but it started to kind of uh slowly bite into the store we have open right now, the last one. And so we were like, you know, I can't afford to lose both stores. So it was kind of to the point where you close one or you close them both. So that's kind of how that happened, unfortunately. Wow. But I do two of the employees, the the manager that worked for me out there um, was on maternity leave through most of that when we were getting ready to close the store. And she's back working for me um, here in Bend. And then I have one of the other gals that works for me in Bend. And then of course my son was the assistant and he was, went on to manage my other son was managing that store when we closed it. So, um, so, I mean, we, we took care of our employees and made sure everybody found something and, and brought them to Bend if we could. So. Wow. So many employees do you have? So there is about 12 active employees, um, not counting myself. And then we have a couple of, um, they're my special kids. They come in, they, uh, one of the little gals has Down syndrome and she, they come in, they're our little helpers. We have two of them. They come in a couple hours every day during the week and put away movies and stuff for us. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. We, you know, that's again, one of the things that's nice, um, being a locally owned store, we can do special things like that. We can, you know, Ken and Debbie are super supportive and, um, you know, whatever we can do for the community, whatever we can do, for people in general. I mean, I just can't tell you enough. We've, we've gone out of our way and, and done things and I don't want to make it sound like, you know, we're all that or two door and hold or anything, but Ken and Debbie as owners of the blockbuster store are just, I can't say it enough. They're just tremendous people. They're really good people and they take good care of us and they give me the ability to take really good care of the community and the people around me. Wow. Well, um, you know, I, 
God, it's almost, I wish I could just talk to them right now and thank them. So please, please do that for me. Um, just for, this, this is a world that um, I'm, I'm glad you're still allowing, uh, you know, a younger generation to experience this. I, you know, I, I was watching a news article um, about this with, um, you know, people talking about the store and they're like, it's like a history lesson. And it's like, I, I, you know, it's like, it's like a time capsule of, you know, the, just a good time. There's something about being there and walking around and thinking about being there and walking around with somebody and even just walking down the new release wall. And, you know, we, we used to, we used to, you know, when you were running tapes back when it was VHS and you could actually read them, it was a game (laughs) we used to play where, uh, you'd have to make up a story using the titles. Right. Yep. As you were going around and you'd yell it back to the manager up front and just silly things like that, that, uh, that you just can't, you can't get that from clicking on a screen, even though, you know, as far as preserving the, the movies and keeping them forever, it's like, cool. I'm glad that people do stuff like that. But, um, are, are you aware, um, as, as a quick aside of Scarecrow video in Seattle? Um, you know what? I, I've heard the name, but I'm not really familiar with them. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so ch- check them out. I was, I was going to talk them up at the end, but they contacted me too because they want to be on and they i guess were a mom and popish kind of video store that started in a record store in the back uh-huh. and as the video stores in the seattle area started closing they started buying up all the inventory and now they've become like the nationally recognized archive for physical media wow so they That's have like 100 cool. 140,000 strong of vhs laser disc dvd and blu-ray well they still have vhs too they still have VHS. And actually, well, there goes my next question. Do you guys have any more in the store, VHS-wise? Well, I, I have currently probably a handful of tapes in my office just because people <laughs> from around the country have been sending them to me. Um, and I still have some laser discs in the office, too, that I tried to sell in a couple of the different tent sales and couldn't get rid of the darn things. Oh, that's uh, so, so So I have a few of those, too. But, um, contact but yeah. Contact the Scarecrow. Maybe they want them. I, I probably will. Actually, I think that um, we, once a month... Um, you know, we started, we did this back in October, but the Bend Comedy Club came in and did a comedy show in the store. And then um, they contacted me and wanted to do some more this year. And so we're doing a um, comedy show once a month and a movie trivia night. And uh, I'm pretty confident that the, um, I know it was so much fun last Sunday when we did that or two Sundays ago. Um, but anyway, the, I'm pretty sure that the, the guy that runs it was the one that was telling me how he wanted the laser disc. Someone did. I'll have to remember who it was, but someone was like, can I have the laser discs in your office? So I'm sure they're already spoken for, but if not, I'll definitely contact Scarecrow. Nice. All right. So, so we, you were talking about, um, the bring my card in. And yes. so, um, yeah. my, my question to you is as, as a franchise store, I know around here, there was a, you know, numbering scheme, right? Like our store was two, five, Oh, three, two, right. That was, so what's, what's yours? Nine two two four two. Okay, so if so if I was if if like tomorrow you were to go in and mm-hmm. type in two two five zero three two two zero four zero six, that was my employee number from the year two thousand, and that'll bring up my account. And if if you did that and took a picture of it, that would make my life. So here's <laughs> the thing: I can add you in. I can do a quick add. It's cool. not the national. The national when Dish closed the last corporate store. They turned off the national database. Oh so no! I can't. I can't download or any of that kind of stuff no, anymore. That's, but that's I can right. still quick add. So that's why I keep telling everybody, like, bring your card. We can quick add you back in. So you will be a member with your old number in the store. So oh. we still have the same computers. We have the IBM computers. That's, and that's what I was going to ask next. So, you know? so is, 
could you do that for me? Could you, could you add me back in? And then yeah. I will try, I will try to come there. Yeah. Shoot me a picture of that. I'd love to share that on Twitter of like, Hey, look at, I'm, I'm there again. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. When we're all done, you'll have to text me your number again. I'll, I'll do, I'll do it right now while we're talking. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yes, so of the old IBM computers. Oh my God. What about is, is the, uh, the, um, computer backup all still the same, the old like big yeah. box cards. Oh yeah. And, um, it's so funny because as the stores have closed and actually when dish closed the corporate stores, they were very gracious. They were, they were fantastic. They contacted us and, and told us, Hey, if there's anything you guys want, that'll help you go, keep going, let us know. So we, and they shipped it all to us. We just had to pay for shipping. We didn't have to buy any yeah. of the equipment. And so, man, we stocked up. I have all kinds of crap in the back room. And then as my stores have closed, I've been hoarding everything. And so I have extra servers in the back, extra uh, PCs. I mean, I have everything you can imagine in the back room, extra hard drives. And so it always cracks me up because, you know, I'm 48 years old. I grew up using these computers. So... I can pull them apart and switch the hard drives and do all this stuff. And the kids that are working for me are just looking at me with their mouths open and going, one, what the heck is a floppy disk? Which <laughs> always me up. Um, but then they're always looking at me like, I can't believe you can tear that apart. And you know what to do. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I can throw this thing across the room and plug it back in and it's still going to work. I'm like, Absolutely. these things are not like your cell phone. They are not. I'm like, these are like heavy duty computers. But anyway, no, everything's still the same. We actually entertained the idea of switching to a new system. Um, right after the corporate stores closed when we still had um, the five and but the expense was too much we you know the movie business was up in the air we we knew our stores did really well but we weren't sure what was going to happen I mean we still were noticing the downturn and the and you know one month would be great and the next month we'd be you know 40 yeah. percent down like everybody else and you really weren't sure what was going to happen so we didn't want to put the ten thousand dollars into buying new computer systems and retraining everybody and glad i'm glad in fact ken and i were just talking today and he goes well do you think we should update the computer system i'm like heck no i'm like half the people that come in here are so impressed with the fact that we've still got ibm computers that work i'm like don't even touch them i'm like we've got popcorn ceilings we got ibm computers we are set <laughs> like right right so. and there's something there's something about that right it, it wouldn't be the yeah. same without it i don't think no and i was teasing today um, because customers will come in and say, oh, you still look like a blockbuster. It still smells like a blockbuster. And I'm always teasing going, God, if we smell like we did 20 years ago or after, you know, we smell like a 20 year old store, we are in big trouble. I'm like, let's hope. Uh, that's funny. But we have Papa Murphy's next door. And I don't think you guys probably have Papa Murphy's out that direction. You probably have what is other. That? It's a take and bake pizza. Oh, so, awesome. So it's the, our next door neighbor. So it's a good, good combination. Oh yeah. So, hey, so, so, um, that is a great aside into, uh, into another weird question. So, um, uh, you, you talked about Papa Murphy's, but are there, are there like local restaurants or movie theaters or arcades? They're like a hangout for you guys as employees there or have been over the years. You know, we had, you know, Hollywood hits theater, which was a discount theater that was open till mm -hmm. two in the morning. So we'd get out at midnight and go see movies at one in the morning, like as a store, like everyone would show up. It was really cool. And, but yeah, that's cool. You know, everything's closed. <laughs> yep. So the kids do, I mean, we still have the old mill and, and the Regal Cinemas and whatnot. Yep. And um, I know the kids have done bowling. And, and as, actually, Ken and Debbie, back when, when we saw all the stores, and, you know, we don't do it as much now, but we used to do, like, Christmas parties where we would go and they would screen movies. They would rent a place where we could screen a movie. 
And we'd have all the staff from all the stores. We'd close down early or go early in the morning and have big parties with everybody, um, which was a lot of fun. But I know now, you know how everybody gets the pennies? I don't know if you guys had 99 cent movies or 299, but you always had the penny cups everywhere. So yep. the kids save oh, yeah. the money, and that's the money they use. They call it their pizza money, and they will pull it all together. And a couple times a year, they all go together as a group and go watch movies or go bowling or whatever. So That's awesome. Yeah, And I don't, I mean, remember... I'm 25 years older than most of these oh, kids. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're, I'm, they're I'm, bring, I'm bringing it up kids. more. I'm bringing it up more. You know that you've you've been there since 2000, right? So was there a you know? A, I remember in 2000 when you were 19, yep. my young son was born. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, um, so no, I, I, I you forget <laughs> that. Um, you know, it's funny. I was I was 17 and my store manager was 25. Yep. And, you know, I always think of him as being so much older than me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was in my 30s when I when I started working at Blockbuster. So, no, um, barely. I was like 32, but still. And um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's just it's just an insane thing. If someone would have told me one um, that I would still be working at Blockbuster. Remember, I wanted that part time job. Um, oh, yeah. Managing the last one. Oh, my gosh. I would never have imagined that. So, so, so yeah, you know, obviously more questions about the store, but so the zero to 60 on that, like, as far as, you know, you and your store being high on the visibility of the public eye Mm -hmm. um, outside of Bend, you know what I mean? I started here and I mean, I've got my finger on the pulse of this, but from far over on the other side of the country, I, I started doing this podcast maybe a year, a year and a half ago. So I actually have to change my opening. Now, because of this, because my opening has a bit where I um, just assumed at the time that the only blockbusters left were the ones in Alaska. And I also thought that the last lonely blockbuster Twitter account was a parody. And yeah. is is that someone from your store or is that a parody? So that is a parody. Um, we are. Ours, so. ours is blockbuster bend. That's our Twitter. Yeah, account. That, that, that's 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 the one that ended up contacting me and uh, yep. made this all happen. So, yeah, no, the. Um, the last blockbuster, in fact, that was so funny because it actually caught us by guard, off guard too because we knew there was franchises all over the country and we just assumed it was one of the franchise stores. We me, never me really too. looked into it. Yeah. And then, and they, then go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to say, and then when the Alaska stores announced they were closing, I was like, we need to make sure that we really are the last one in the United States and the last one in America. So then I started Googling it and that's when I, I didn't even realize there were still some in Australia. And so um, then I found out about that and I emailed Dish to find out for sure if, if the, that was true. And even, you know, as much as I love that uh, Dish has been so wonderful to work with and whatnot, it just still cracks me up because there really is no blockbuster corporate. So when we call them, some of the times they don't know the answers either. <laughs> so they have to, to you, you look the, them up. So you get the kind person of on the phone that's like, wait a minute, we own, we own blockbuster? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I have somebody that I have contact with and he's very aware of us, but no, and they're very kind and, and, you know, they, they do, um, everything they can or what we ask them. And I never want to say anything negative because I realized that, you know, they closed all the stores down and and that was terrible. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that you guys can still exist and it being kind of all because of them, (laughs) that, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, they certainly didn't need to, you know, our, we had a contract with them and it was up. And they negotiated and let us sign a new contract. So, you know, they certainly didn't need to do that. They didn't have to. They could have said, eh, you know, what they pay us is pennies, you know, compared to the big corporate dish network. But they weren't. They they saw that, you know, why not? Why not let them do it a little bit longer? So 
I'm very grateful. That's phenomenal. So, um, so like, like I was saying, so the, was it, when did the kind of media attention start pointing its way towards your store and you, is that when the Alaska store started closing down or has it, it been going on longer than that? You know, um, that's when the media hit it was when the Alaska stores closed down. I think a lot of people didn't realize we were still here. Um, I and it was kind of funny because the Alaska stores knew because we're, you know, our owners are very good friends. And, um, but even the John Oliver show, it made me laugh because they were assuming that the Alaska stores were the only ones. And so, um, you know, all of us were like tweeting them and whatnot saying, Hey, what about us? We're still here and we're closer to you than they are. And, um, anyway, it was kind of funny. And so it, it was, uh, <laughs> I can't say that I, I, you know, the John Oliver had to eat crow or whatever, whoever was in his, whoever was working for him was misinformed. Let me just say it that way, because they definitely missed the ball and the fact that Alaska wasn't the only ones left. And yeah. so I, I kind of chuckle a little bit that, ha ha, you know, you sent it up there and, it, and here we are. But, um, at the same time, uh, we have the John Oliver stuff. And so it, it ended up where it was supposed to be anyway. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, you were talking about dish network and, um, mm -hmm. You know, you and you talked about you were closing stores, so you were scooping up signage and everything else. Do you still have one of those uh, um, iconic blockbuster gumball machines? We do. Um, do you mean the video blaster ones? The, the, the yeah, the blue bottom with the like swirl of the little. Oh no, bottom. I don't. I don't have that one. I actually sold that one when we closed um, the the third store we closed. So that one I don't have anymore. It um, it was a pain. I don't. Did you ever try to move that thing? Oh no, I have. I have the one from the Salem store in my basement. My brother brought it for me when they closed. Oh my goodness! Well, don't try to do too much with it because it'll crack pretty easy. Oh, um, I, I, I took it up. I uh, uh, engineer. Um, so I I took it apart and cleaned it up and fixed it up and now it works again. But the <laughs> the scary thing about it was I bought it, or he bought it for me when they closed the Salem Blockbuster, which was shortly after 2010 uh-huh i'd say and remember do you remember carl and ray yeah i actually have a couple posters still it still had carl and ray gumballs in oh my gosh uh-huh oh uh-huh oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah I that was pretty it, gross oh we have a couple we have the pinball machines that's the ones that i can oh yeah, yeah those a, those are yeah. awesome so i have a couple of those and i have a foosball um, one that I kept too. And, uh, then of course, lots of the other little candy machines. But, um, I remember we closed one of the stores and I had the video about the pinball machine in the back room and I sold it when we closed our Redmond store and I had to clean it out and I hadn't touched that thing either. There was probably eight year old gumballs in there. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh, so awful. But, uh, but you know, you just put it in the back room. You don't think about it. It was just covered oh, up. So, of course, we still had a Pokemon Snap machine in our back room. Oh, um, no, that I would have loved to have. Four in it. <laughs> that one I would have loved to have had. No, I actually was cleaning out um, a bunch of stuff, and it makes me kind of sad now because when we closed the Redmond store, we didn't know what we were going to be doing, and then um, we started cleaning stuff out, and then they, before the Alaska stores closed, so I threw some stuff away that now I wish I would have held on to because we still had old inserts and things like that that I oh, yeah, you know, and I I shredded and. And different things that I was like, oh man, um, because you know I have a few, but I don't have because we didn't use them anymore. It's like why store stuff? I had them sitting back there for ten years and I never touched them. So it's like oh I need the space God. for something else. But uh, but I did find some old posters and different things that were pretty awesome. 
So. Wow. Um, so, so yeah, uh, so Dish Network, are they who provides the Blockbuster branded signage and things, or are you just kind of scooping that up from other stores and like, does, does new stuff come in? Cause I know when oh, I was no. there, no, no, we, no, no, no. Dish. get like an order, you know, as a store manager, this is what you put up this week in, in this no. area. So we haven't, no, um, that has been gone since gosh, 2012. I kind of, so no. No, there's not that Dish Network has doesn't do absolutely anything other than per, let us, you know, use the name. We sign the license yep. agreement so we can keep operating. But everything we have, I provide. So even the reader board signs I make. Um, wow. You know, if we don't, we have one vendor still in Portland that I get about 85% of our stuff, Global Inc. We appreciate them. We love Tina. Go, Tina. Um, but um, what we don't get from them, I buy. Um, candy supplies, all of that stuff. I, I scramble and, and, uh, try to find, and some of the stuff is a little bit more challenging than others. Um, some things that it, it's not too hard, you know, I find them and get it. But the worst thing is the darn single cases. Can I tell yeah. you that, uh, remember how easy it was to get those from corporate? Well, oh, yeah. not so easy. there's like one vendor in the United States and it cost me about 90 cents a piece for those things. So let me tell you, when the stores were closing, I hoarded those things to the point where we couldn't even walk in the back room because there were so many single cases. And everybody's like, are we really going to need these? And boy, you know, I'm like, okay, we can either spend $1,000 and buy 10 boxes or we can hoard all of these. So what's going to keep the store open longer? So, I mean, we, those are the kind of things that we have done over the years to make sure that we could afford to stay open. Of course, of course. And I love the idea of, you know, as I, I call Blockbuster as a corporation in my, my opening, the, um, the corporate big choice mom and pop video store killer, you know, because yeah. that, that's what they were doing. And to see them kind of end their run as a very profitable mom and pop operation is the coolest piece of poetic justice I could ever <laughs> want to see. Right. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah. And I wish because, you know, at first I used to kind of tease about how well you know they they never changed anything because I remember sitting in the franchise meetings um, when I you know early on in 2005 2006 and listening to some of the the talk and and I was amazed at because I'd come from outside so you know I, I didn't really know a lot about Blockbuster yet I'd only been with the company like six months to a year um, but I would be listening to them and as a business person and having been running businesses for you know as long as I had listening to how they weren't willing to change, how they weren't, you know, willing to, you know, kind of see that, hey, you know, this little bubble that we're living in isn't going to last forever, um, just surprised me. And I can remember thinking, oh, man, they really need to adapt and change. And, you know, we're not going to sell TVs and that kind of stuff or cell phones or dish network packages out of our stores and be successful. We need to stick with, you know, what's important and the things the customers come in here and expect. Um, and then... I sat down the other day and I was, I was talking to somebody and suddenly it dawned on me when I said, oh yeah, we've never raised our prices. Um, we still have, and I'm like, oh my God, I haven't changed. So why am I still here? So anyway, it kind of surprised me to have that little realization that here I was knocking them and I'm doing the exact same thing. So anyway, but you're right. It's the difference between the corporate and the mom and pop. Well, that's awesome. Um, so you, you mentioned about, um, prices, uh, what, what does a rental cost at Blockbuster these days? So, um, so the same for us, it's three ninety nine. And remember we don't have tax in Oregon either. Yeah. So it, yep. it's three ninety nine. Um, 
for our rentals. And we actually, the only one thing we did change is with Redbox and when they were so successful with their 99 cent rentals is that we thought, okay, well, we are going to compete with them. So we did 399, we kept that, but we added an extra day. So we're 399, three nights due back on the fourth day, which averages out to the same amount of money as a Redbox. Yes, it does. And so we kind of did that. And then we um, kept our older movies. All of our family movies are 99 cents for a week. And everything in the catalog is the same thing, unless it's a gold favorite, which is like Star Wars and gold favorites. Yep. And so those are $1.99 for a week. So, you know, and then we did go back to late fees in 2007, but we did a per diem. So if they're late, you know, you got 49 cents for the week rentals and 99 cents for the three night ones for a day. And it stops at 10 days and sells it. We still have the auto sales. And we, we don't have a restocking fee anymore, but at 10 days, it sells to you. You have 30 days to bring it back and, you know, you just pay the $10 in fees and that's it. Um, so is, so is, that, mean, is that $3.99 for um, new releases, video games or video games a little more? Um, just new release DVDs. Video games, you know, video games is a whole nother area. Um, I actually made the decision in July that I wasn't going to continue to carry new video games. And that was awesome. a tough one for me. Yeah. Um, because though that is the one area that has dramatically changed and affected and and you know again these are the tough decisions like hoarding the single cases in the back room that I have to make in order to keep the store running but I couldn't afford to buy a sixty dollar video game anymore rent of it twice and sell it as a PRP for six ninety nine it's like it's not going to work it's not it it's not profitable and um, it was just eating out I mean it's just ridiculous people you know you rent the video game for five nights or seven nights. And by then they've already, you know, half, half the town's already ordered it online and beat it. So it it just, it was not um, profitable anymore for video games. So we still have Xbox one and PS4 games. We just stopped getting them after, I think it was God, I'm I'm terrible with games, but I think it was God of war, whatever came out in July is it, or it it was careening towards not profitable. I was still there. Um, you, You know, that was back when the company had enough money to you know send you you know 10 copies 20 copies um so so that's crazy so then how where where do you get your inventory of of movies from because you know when i was there blockbuster was owned by viacom so they had paramount and all the contracts in a warehouse i'm sure so what do you i mean you you outsource your signage and things to local places where where do you where do you get you know like um the new movie that came out you know how how do you figure that out so uh, just to clarify the signage thing, remember, I make all of them. I don't outsource yeah. them. Oh, sorry. Um, I mean, if you have some. <laughs> no, I do it. I do it myself. Oh, um, no way. Sorry. So, sorry. I, no, I misunderstood. that's okay. That's, no, I mean, I um, made them, but um, oh, wow. You, you make them. Make so, them. Huh? so here's the, the twist on the whole thing. About two years ago, um, Ken and Debbie, when, uh, when we first thought we might have to close the Redmond store, um, they owned that building and there was an empty space, an old Verizon space. So they decided they were going to open up a second business and, um, it's a UPS store. And so uh-huh. I was helping out with that. So now I'm, I'm managing that store for them as well. So <laughs> I do both things. So I, uh, so it's kind of great with all the, the sales that we're doing of the t-shirts and stuff. Cause I have a, the UPS thing. I know exactly where to go to ship them out to customers. And I kind of know about how much the, the shipping costs are going to be when I have to ship them too. So it's kind of nice. But, um, but anyway, so I do a lot of stuff in house with the UPS store and, and we make a lot of our own signage and stuff. But anyway, um, as far as inventory goes, um, like I said, we get a lot of stuff from Vobel out of Portland 
But what we don't get, I literally go to Target, Walmart, Fred Meyer, you know, anybody who will let me buy some Best Buy um, and get what we need. And, and it's challenging because even though they know I'm the last one, I realize they have lots of customers. And the last thing they want me to do is come in there and wipe out their shelves of movies. And so a lot of times I kind of spread the love, for lack of better terms. So I'll go around and get five here and five there and, and kind of spread it around so that they will keep selling to me and allow me to get movies at their stores. Um, but most of them know me at this point, too. I walk in and they know that I work at Blockbuster. And they know that. They, they'll they'll tell me where they're at or whatever. And they know that I'm not going to come in. You know, I know there's some Redbox people and some different companies that come in and kind of sneak in and try to get it as much as they can. And, and they know that I'm not going to do that. So we have a good relationship. So how... um. And again, if it's something that is, you know, an off limits kind of thing, um, h- how does that work with movie studios or do you not know? Because I know back back in the, um, let's say, the the renaissance or the, the the high end of movie rental, you know, the, the movie companies were the ones that were, you know, super in control of, OK, well, it can be available for rental now, but then it can be available for sale later. And, you know, we're going to charge the video store a hundred bucks for the tape. So then they have to make up that price. But if you're, you know, just buying it retail and then renting. Well, they're probably not real happy with me doing that. Um, but I, I think, don't I know. But how else do you do it? Yeah, exactly. Well, and, I, and the thing is, I'm not going out there and buying thousands of copies either. Right. And I'm not going out there and wiping out shelves or or pre- preventing other customers from getting them. Um, but I think, too, that, you know, like, again, we get the majority of our stuff from Vobel as far as like Warner product and Paramount and Fox and Sony and, and universal. So we get in Lionsgate, we get the majority of our stuff from there. And there's only a few titles that we really go out and buy. Like, you know, this week I bought free solo. It was a documentary and I actually ended up having to get it online. Yep. It's a great movie. Um, but I, cause I couldn't find it anywhere locally. So I ended up buying it online and getting it in a couple days late, but for the most part, it's TV shows. I'm doing that with Disney product. Unfortunately, and I'm sure they're really not happy with me doing that. Um, but, you know, we try to stay as true to, you know, honor them as much as we can. And we try not to, you know, do anything we shouldn't do. But unfortunately, in order to stay the last blockbuster, I got to do what I got to do. So, oh, yeah. Uh, now, how do you come, how do you come up with the numbers you think you want of titles? Do you um, do you kind of like read, read the area or like um, or do you just kind of go off your brain and go, OK, I think that my customers are going to want 20 copies of this. Yeah. You know, and that's the 15 years of working there now. And being in the same store. So, in fact, I've had, you know, times when I was training for the UPS store or I had other people in there and they're like, oh, let me help you because I know that you you got this and that to do. It's like you have no idea. It's just in my head. It's like I can walk into the store and I know, oh, I need that or I need that. And it's not because, you know, I have a piece of paper in my hand. It's just 15 years of experience knowing what my customers like. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in, in Disney titles, really it's about getting what I can. And, and trying to satisfy the customer without, you know, making anybody mad at me so they're not going to sell to me anymore. Or, you know, get Disney calling me and saying, hey, <laughs> knock it off. Yeah. Um, and, I'm, and I'm hoping, you know, all this publicity and talking about it, I'm not going to get that phone call saying, hey, knock it off. Um, but at the I, same I time, I, they, I don't too. I'm, I'm hoping that they realize that we're the last one and, and we're certainly small enough that I don't think that it's going to affect their business. But um and heck, they had Captain Marvel smashed into a blockbuster store, so they must right. appreciate. I, I, I have a feeling they're just fine with it. Um, <laughs> I was I was making a joke, you know, and this was back before I really knew 
God, this was a couple weeks ago now. So it was even before the, you know, big hit of you being the, the final one started coming up, you know, with friends that, you know, wouldn't it be funny if like from a hipster standpoint, we started seeing like pop up blockbusters in the wake of Captain Marvel, like, yeah. oh, yeah, come down to, you know, this brewery in downtown something or other where we're going to have a pop up blockbuster for the afternoon there rent a movie for the night and bring it back to the brewery in the morning, you know, kind of, or just something like that. And I was like, that'd be hilarious. I'd work there for a day, you know? So did, you, did you hear about what they did in London then? Did you not no. hear about that? So they did that. Uh, they had a pop-up blockbuster store that they had full of, I don't know if it was London. I, it was somewhere over there. I think it was London. Um, but anyway, they had a, a store that they put up that was just uh, Deadpool 2. The entire blockbuster store was just Deadpool too, and um, anyway, it was, a, it was a little bit of a, a funny, but yeah, they only did it for three or four days. So that's awesome, just full of Deadpool too. Yeah, and and I don't, I mean, you guys, we weren't quite as bad as Hollywood. Do you remember we as a manager, you probably did the same thing, but you go check out the competition, and I can remember walking into Hollywood Video, and they had hundreds and hundreds of the same title, and I'd be like, geez, though, no wonder you guys aren't making any money because they would, I mean. They wanted to make sure none of their customers were th- without it, but I can, oh my gosh, I, ca- I can't even think of a title off the top of my head, but I just remember walking in and just thinking, how can you possibly have that many copies of things? Right. Uh, it, it, it was completely ridiculous because, because Blockbuster did that, but they did it in a like calculated way. Yeah. And Hollywood video was like, well, we have good deals with these two studios. So we get 300 of this movie and we get none of the, the thing that Blockbuster has. And it's yeah. like, well, why would hollywood when i can walk in and get everything at this other place exactly hollywood was weird they started sticking um i talked to someone there was a was it called game zone game fly i forget the name yeah but they were crazy they were sticking game like retail within the blockbuster and he said it was weird because they basically put a chain link fence up and then Mm -hmm. cut another door into the wall so you'd see the people renting at Blockbuster through the chain link, but you were like in this little cage in the back. They said it was really strange. Like, I remember they did that here with their store. And um, yeah, it was really odd. Yeah. It just kind of blew my mind hearing about that. So, um, you know, you, you, you've been there for a bit of time. So you were there during the time when I'm sure, I don't know if it got like this in Oregon, but here, you know, we got slammed. On, on the weekends um, when the store was biggest. Was it, was that the way there too in like the mid 2000s where you just, you, you just couldn't oh, stop? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I can remember, oh goodness. Cause remember we're a ski town and we're yes. a tourist town. And so I can remember at the store that I opened when I first worked for the company in 2000, um, I can remember being there and uh, three o'clock would hit and that would be everybody coming off the mountain. And from three o'clock till nine o'clock, we didn't leave our spots. We would have lines of customers. We did the active seller. I don't know if you guys had the active seller too, that walked around the store with the red apron on. Yep. And um, yeah, so we did that too. And we'd have the secret shoppers and all that kind of stuff. And everybody wanted to get a hundred percent and all that kind of stuff. So we did a lot of the same programs you guys did, but yeah. Oh, I can remember just being slammed. And then people would want us to look in the Dropbox and we'd be like, Oh my God, I was just in there like two seconds ago, but it could have fallen in there. So then you're digging in there again. And so it's almost like you had to have this person just stuck in the Dropbox for the entire night to look for that last movie. 
And it's like you realize how important it was to them, but you were like rolling your eyes going, oh, please, people. It just came out on Tuesday, and we only got 50 copies of it. We don't have it. I promise you. But um, anyway, <laughs> you, you still would look in there anyway. Yeah, so what, what about now? Um, do you Is it kind of just consistently, you know, people coming and going and picking around and coming for nostalgia? Or what's, um, what's your – because I know I heard you say your customer base was like 4,000 strong, which oh, is yeah. awesome. And, and the thing is with that too um, – you remember at Blockbuster, I mean, we keep our accounts active for two years. And yes. I think that it used to be six months, but we changed it oh, probably five years ago. Um, so do you remember, sorry, this is a little side note before I get I love side notes. Um, do you remember corporate, um, the help desk? Oh, yeah. In the computer support. So do you remember the dreaded first level that we all hated that we would mm -hmm. do everything we could to reset and not have to call them. But uh -huh. then when we'd actually speak to somebody in Texas, we were like, hallelujah. And we actually had got to talk to somebody who knew what the heck was going on. Yes. Well, we hired one of those. Oh, nice. So Dave Carrera, shout out to him. He's amazing. Um, we actually, um, when he, uh, when corporate stores closed, we actually, uh, several of the franchisees got together and hired him to keep him on, to keep running our systems. And so he still works for us. And he ensured me he was with me till the end, even though all the Alaska stores are closed. So it is awesome that if I have any problems with these old computers that I can't fix myself, I can call and pick his brain and he can help me fix it. And it was just a godsend. I'm like, I wish that we would have had that when all the stores were open. Yes. <laughs> like, I have better like, computer like, support now than I ever on, did. On-site IT? Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> well, it's not on site. He's still in Texas, so well, he's not. Way. But uh, it's D it's direct nice. line. Exactly. I can get a hold of Dave whenever I need to. But anyway, on that note about the uh, four thousand, so you remember? I mean, we, our accounts stay active, so it's really hard to determine how many people we have coming in week after week because every week's a little bit different. Right. Um, it all depends on the weather. I mean, last week we got three feet of snow here in twenty-four hours. And so we were swamped. I mean, there was one day that we didn't have anybody. So we ended up closing a little bit early because the roads were just horrendous. Nobody could even get out of their houses. And then once they got caught up with the roads, we were slammed. And then, of course, this week with the news that we're the last one in the country, I mean, on a Thursday night, we were as busy as we are on Saturday. So, um, you know, it, it just so depends. Happy. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, it's funny because it doesn't just bring people in buying stuff it reminds everybody that we're still there. And so customers are coming back going, you know what? I want you to stay here and I want to keep you here. And so they come back in and start renting again. And yes. I really thought that the whole new toy thing was going to wear off and that, you know, oh, this will be great when it happened in July. We might get through Christmas and, you know, but heck if that happened, I mean, January, we were so busy. President's Day weekend, we were so busy with people coming here to ski and whatnot and coming in to see us and buying stuff and renting movies and then now, of course, with this, we get another little re-energized, um, you know, customers coming in the door. But, yeah, it just, um, we're still busy. I mean, tonight when I left the store, the parking was completely full. Um, we had probably a good 20, 30 people in the store. And it was 4 wow. o'clock. So, I mean, the peak hadn't even hit yet. You know, the peak's like 5, 6 o'clock. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, it was really nice to see that. And, um, you know, I remember we used to have lines through the back wall and uh that kind of stuff back in the heyday and so it's nice to have a few of those days every once in a while yeah oh my god um that, that's awesome and I, I think 
you know, I'm, I'm going to knock on wood here for you, but, you know, I think the ski town thing, the fact that it's a vacation destination, um, I think that's, I think that's going to do you well because it's somewhere that people, Oh, I can go and visit this place and do this thing I was already going to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to go to this place to ski. I'm going to go there instead. You know, yeah. um, I mean, that's that it, Jesus, it, it, I would do that. You know, I've been looking for an excuse, you know, and I, I, I do, um, I've been on a podcast of a couple of guys called uh, Geeks with Shields, and I believe they're in, God, I don't know if they're in, uh, this is messed up now, I, I don't know if they're in Washington, I forget, but they're, they're, right, they're five hours away from you, that's all I know, and they're yes, like, oh, man, six, so, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to take a five-hour road trip out there, Chris, and we're going to get you pictures of the place, we swear, <laughs> all right, that's going to be awesome, well, now I have you on the podcast, so I've done better. Um, oh, so funny. And yeah, no, it's, I think we'll be here for a while. I think if we can, you know, Ken's always famous for saying a couple more years, a couple more years. And, uh, you know, as long as we can pay the bills and that kind of thing. But uh, I have a feeling that this is going to keep us here for a little bit longer. And it's a really good feeling because, you know, I love movies. You love movies. It's, it's just such a happy place, especially in this crazy, crazy world we live in and where you turn on the TV and you just don't even want to look. Right. Um, Right. Nice to have thing we all share and that we can all smile. I mean, you're in Massachusetts for crying out loud. I'm in Oregon and here yeah. we are. It's midnight at your house and it's only nine 30 here. But, um, and we're talking about something that makes us both feel really good and incredibly you know, good. And it's just so nice. And that's one of the things that I love about my job is everybody that walks into the door has a smile on their face. Everybody comes there because they want to be there. They don't have to be there. They want to be there and they want that happy you know, feeling that they had when they were kids. So it, it's a good thing. It's, it's, I guess the same sort of nostalgia that, you know, I feel around here now, cause I can't go into a blockbuster going to a drive-in movie theater. Right. Yep. I, I had read, um, I, I did one on a podcast I do with my wife, but did an episode on those. And I had read and I need to look into it again, that Johnny rockets, the uh, burger chain, you know, that place, uh-huh. um, they had a, uh, I think it was a 2018 or a 2017, corporate ultimatum that they were going to open like 50 drive-in movie theaters branded as Johnny Rockets with them as the food court, you know, there in the United States. And I don't know if it ever happened. And I, I need to dig back because that would be so cool. Right. You know, yeah, there, there's a few around out here. Um, yeah. We have a couple, we have a couple, um, in Western yeah. mass, but there are uh, few and far between. And, um, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate because, you know, I, I, of course, always get the question, do you have Netflix? Of course I have Netflix. Who in the country doesn't have Netflix? So it's, I always kind of laugh. But I'm like, you know, there's so many different choices for entertainment. And, you know, there's days when I'm sick and I don't even want to go to the store to get a movie because I don't even want to leave my house. So Netflix is beautiful for that. But the problem is, is that the people who stay at home on their couch and their jammies watching Netflix every single day, they're missing that personal communication. You have little ones. And can I tell you, like, I, I f- fear for you when your little ones get big enough to see what the heck the social media life is going to be like for them. Oh, my God. It, but, it, already, uh, it already scares me. Oh, uh, you know, and I have conversations with my boys all the time. And my, you know, my kids, my daughter's 28. I have 20, uh, 25, 23, and 18. And the younger ones, they communicate via text. And it's like, you can't you can't have a personal communication via text message. You right. can't, I mean, you can't, it's like talking on the, on the phone. I mean, I remember when we were kids, we'd much rather go see our friend than talk on the cell phone or it, talk it on the landline. 
Yeah, yeah you lose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so many, so many fights come in because you can't hear the emotion in what someone's trying to say. I um, I was a resident advisor in college when mm-hmm. Facebook, when Facebook broke, when Facebook went, you know, nationwide and not just MIT or wherever it started. Right. And um, we actually, as resident advisors, had to take courses in how to communicate to our residents about, you know, the 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 kind of toxic things that could happen if it was used wrong. You know, right. and, and, and because, you know, that that infected the college campus. Now, it's a great way for people to stay in touch, you know, by all means, you know, um, but it, it became their life. And God, you know, I can't even imagine if I had it on my phone when I was in college, yeah. you know, <laughs> Jesus. Well, um, and think about all the depression. There's yeah. so many people with depression and anxiety and social Me. anxiety. The reason they have social anxiety is because they've never been taught any social skills. Yes. It's like. I, and, and I'm not, I have anxiety issues too. I mean, I can't, traveling is like the bane of my existence, but, uh-huh. but, and I get it. I get, it's a real honest to God thing that is terrifying when it's happening to you. But it, it makes me sad to know that we've raised this generation who, yeah, they're technically savvy. They're, they're smarter than I am. I mean, these kids can come out and do it just about anything when oh, it yeah. comes to computers, but they, they're lacking that personal social communication interaction and it's not every one of them i don't want to lump them all in the same one i realize i have you know young adult children and they would look at me and go mom we're not all like that and so i don't want to you know get sucked into that thing of stereotyping them all but there is a vast majority of them that don't have those skills and it makes me incredibly sad to see what our future is like with depression and sadness and it's like you need that personal touch you need to communicate with somebody and it makes me proud to know that we're still there and we can give people that a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, even even the act of going to a movie theater, right, mm-hmm. is so different for people now. They go, they sit by themselves, they watch a movie, and they leave and go back to their regular lives. For me, I mean, I'm going to see Captain Marvel tomorrow. I have kids. We have to plan this, right? So yeah. I'm going to see Captain Marvel and me and basically all the people I used to work at Blockbuster with, because <laughs> we still all hang out are going to see Captain Marvel as a group and then we're going to hang out afterwards and talk about it. Like yeah. that to me, that to me is the fun part. It's the camaraderie. It's yeah. it's not just oh I'm going to consume as much media as I possibly can so I'm, you know, um as savvy and well spoken about it as everybody else when I get onto some forum somewhere. You know, it's um it's, you know, how how is this going to better my relationship with the people around me? <laughs> exactly. And you know, and it's I don't know. It's just sad. So like I said, I, I fear for you with your little ones. I have, you know, three grandbabies and one on the way. Oh, and, congrats. Um, That's... Well, thank you. And um, they're beautiful, wonderful children. And my daughter and son-in-law are doing a, a fantastic job raising them and, and balancing. She's a teacher, so it, she's got one leg up on the rest of us. But, um, but you know, it, it, it makes me fearful that, uh, you know, they might miss out on some of the things that we grew up with that, you know, made us strong individuals. Oh, absolutely. And we're uh, hopefully, hopefully um, something new turns up because, you know, it goes in waves, right? Everything is cyclic. Yes. Um, so hopefully some something new to supplement that comes around, um, I hope. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, man, th- that got very real. <laughs> Sorry. I like it. No, no, I like it. You kidding me? This, this is great. So, so I wanted I wanted to go back to something lighter and more and more. Um, uh, focused because I'm getting close to the end of my questions. You know, we've gone at just about over an hour, so I don't want to keep you forever. Um, but oh um, first, first of, what was that? 
I said you're probably tired too. Oh yeah, no, it's okay. This this is great. Um, I want to make sure too that you, you what did you say it was Ken, Kenny, and Kim. Ken what? and Debbie. Ken and Debbie. Ken. Sorry. I'm sure, you yep. give them a big hug for me and thank them for being as awesome I as will. they've been. You. Um, and I, I'd love to meet them. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll see if I can ever make that happen. But um, to, to go back, people. What was that? I said they're wonderful people. To, to go back to um blockbuster, you know, if, if you had to break down one or two of your um favorite stories or like most memorable things that have happened in the store in the time you've been there, um, what would they be? <laughs> oh, it uh, of course they always involved the kids that worked for me. Um, yeah, of course. Let's see. I can tell you a couple of funny stories that I won't name any names because uh, yes, I'll get in big trouble for that. Uh, they'll actually laugh. They all know who this is as soon as I talk about it. But you know, we've got the the funny stories because we had video system, video camera systems in all of our stores, uh-huh. and uh, and some of the more more fun things that we've seen is you know the the girl that hit the hit the trim on the tile and the carpet and went face first in the mop bucket. Um, <laughs> or, you know, we had Matthew Fox in the store and everybody stopped and like followed him around. Um, let's see, we've had, uh, oh, I know that I, on one of the video surveillance things we caught, uh, same store, by the way, for all three of these things, um, was the, uh, they locked up the store and they turned the lights off and they had already, you know, said last call kind of a thing and walked around, didn't see anybody. And the uh, manager had taken all the tills out of the registers and she's walking back to the back room to count them. And a customer stepped out from behind a rack and said, oh, are you guys closed? And she threw those tills. I think when we closed that store, we were still finding change underneath racks. There was money everywhere. Um, there's just been so many fun things. Everything I think that... Um, I think you were talking about that earlier. It's the relationships that we build when we work together in video stores. Or actually, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's a video store because I have relationships from Maurice's still that I had. Right. But it's the personal relationships we build at work. And when we can work in a place that we love and sell or rent things that we love and we have that that bond, um, it just creates some magic. And the magic that we had um, in all the five stores and that we still have in our store right now is just something you can't replace. And uh, I think that, you know, there's just too many stories of too many things, but I think that just the love I have for the kids that have worked for me and hopefully they share with me too as well. Um, I think that just says it all. Well, especially the ones there now, right? They're getting to participate in something that uh, nobody in the world gets to anymore, right? <laughs> so they're- Yeah, I can honestly say this time around, I had a few more eye rolls. The July thing, we were so overwhelmed. None of us had any time to even breathe. And right. then I looked at them all the other day. And I said, are you ready for round two? And oh my gosh, they were all like, oh no. <laughs> because as oh, much no. as it's fun. Oh yeah. Forever. oh yeah. I mean, they all are like, it, it, it's the phone calls more than anything. You yeah. Know? And, oh my gosh, is this really Blockbuster? And I'm like, no, <laughs> just answer my home phone. Welcome to Blockbuster. How can I help you? It's like, oh geez. Anyway. That's funny. So, um, uh, in the home stretch here, I wanted to talk about a couple of other things. So how, um, how did the, uh, and again, I'm, I'm going to have these guys on the show so mm-hmm. you know, I can talk to them more, but how did the, uh, the documentary come about? Was that started before you guys were, was that like in a July timeframe when it, when it became. So that actually was a ways a while ago when there was still the nine of us, nine or 10 of us. So Zeke or not Zeke Taylor actually started it. 
And I actually sat down with him, I think it was 2017. And uh, we sat down and talked about uh, Blockbuster and whatnot. And, um, and then he had another project that he was working on. And so this one kind of got pushed to the back a little bit. And then all of a sudden, boom, we became the last one in, in America. And uh, then he comes walking in. I can remember he walks in and goes, hi, do you remember me? And I'm like, kind of. <laughs> no, it was really funny. I was like, of course I remember who you are. So anyway, then we just started refilming things and um, kept going with it. And they're really great guys. I'm glad you're going to have them on because. Oh, yeah, they, they the answered very quickly. <laughs> yeah. No, they're quite, quite the characters. And, and they love this kind of stuff. And they've really enjoyed um, making the movies. And Zeke actually worked in Hollywood. He um, helped do some writing and some different production stuff. Um, he'll get into that. I, he'll know, you know, obviously he knows his specifics. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just um, I wanted to make sure I knew your side of the story. That's all. Yeah. But that was it. You know, we just we started way before we became the last one. And um, yeah, it's just pretty amazing. And, and I get phone calls all the time from people who want to do reality shows or people who want to do documentaries and those kind of things. And and we're loyal to Zeke and Taylor because they have worked hard and they've been with us from the beginning before we were world famous. So, right. And that's that's another reason, you know, um, I, I want to make sure I have them on here, too, because I I want to I want to share in this with you guys and whatever extent I'm able to, because, you know, I happen to pull out of my uh, brain a, a podcast about, you know, this exact topic. So um, just kind of want to keep the camaraderie going, bring us all together instead of, uh, you know, um, all not know that each other exists. Right. <laughs> that's, uh, oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, I even had a guy in today that had managed a store in Florida that came into the store today. And it was actually fun to talk to him. And I've had, I've had people from stores that used to work there come in. Um, and it's really great. And I, I hope you're able to come to the store. Um, it's, it's really just a, a fun environment when you get all together, the kinship that we all share is just great. Yeah. I, I and I, I'm glad to still hear that. Um, so an, another thing I'm very fond of is, uh, is craft beer, and I know that a brewery out of the way had made a last blockbuster beer, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. First thing I wanted to ask is, is it still available? You know, it's not still for sale. I know that Ten Barrel had a couple of them because I think they were doing some kind of a giveaway um, right. this, this week. But, um, you know, I have a little bit in my garage. Um, but, no, there, it was made. So we started that back in, I think it was April or May when – um, their, uh, I can't even talk now, but anyway, when they contacted me, um, and asked me if I wanted to be involved with a, an event for charity. And at the time they hadn't said they were going to make a beer. They just wanted to do some type of a block party and, and draw attention to a couple of local charities, animal charities. And I was like, absolutely. We would love to be a part of that. And so we started kind of working towards what we we're going to do and, and how fun it would be to, um, you know, we were the last one in the lower 48, how fun it would be to, um, you know, do some kind of an event. And then all of a sudden, boom, the Alaska stores closed and we were the last one in America. And at that point, we had just discussed for the first time possibly making a craft beer for the event. And I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be huge. And so um, at that point, it just kept going and kind of snowballing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And uh, it ended up being we probably had a good thousand people at that event, if not more. And the wow. parking lot just absolutely packed. I know that the beer was sold out. They started selling it, I think, at like 530. And by 7, for the most part, all the bottles were gone. And uh, they had already we had a uh, truck there or a, a trailer that they were actually serving glasses of beer. 
and um, they had filled that up a couple of times. They had to go back to the brewery and keep bringing beer to the place and filling it up. So it was a very successful event, but no, unfortunately it's not still for sale. It was just for that charity event. No, I get you. Just, um, you know, all, I, I collect bottles, so it's always cool to, you know, if there was one still in existence somewhere, it'd be cool to put up on my shelf. That's all. Oh, I could probably get you a bottle. Nice. Um, nice. So I think it's probably good. I can't ship you actual alcohol. I know. I, you especially in Massachusetts. <laughs> but I could ship you an empty bottle. I think I could yeah. do that. That would that would be really cool. I um I, I I'm sure it was awesome, and it's more of the keepsake than anything else. Well, um, it was infused with red vines, believe it or not. And oh my God! Are you kidding me? It, it, it's a sinister black that was infused with red vines, and if you drank it nice and slow, you got that little bit of licorice taste. So that's, I, I mean, a, a, either a red vine or a nerd's rope would be the most blockbuster thing you could infuse a beer with, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Popcorn. We used to have. We used to have nerds rope um, eating contests, actually. Oh, thank God we don't have those. You know what I did get back in, though, is Zots. Do you remember Zots? Well, yeah. Yeah, I did get those back in, and I forgot how horrible they were. And I actually stuck one in my mouth, and I'm like, oh, it's kind of sweet. And then I hit that sour center, and I'm like, oh, my God, what was I thinking? So, <laughs> Well, okay, so so now, um, have have you listened to an episode of my show yet? I have not. I, ha- you know, after you contacted me, I, I had every intention to do so. I just haven't had time. No, it, it's okay. Um, so, so it actually makes this even more fun. So, um, I, I do a thing at the end where we, I, I create a virtual blockbuster. Okay, and, okay. and I, just, I used to say, let me create a virtual blockbuster because I didn't think there were any still in existence. But you probably have a leg up on me um, <laughs> and anyone else I've had on because you actually still do this on a daily basis. But the idea is, um, I'm, I'm going to be a customer. And I'm going to come up with a movie and I'm going to come up with a movie and, um, you know, I come up with one and you as the employee have to recommend a movie to go along with it. And then, <laughs> and then you're going to do the same thing. And then I'm going to recommend one. So, and it can okay. be anything, it can be anything you want. Um, it's the fun part. And it's, it's just, you know, to keep, keep us brushed up on our chops as it were, is kind of the idea. So, um, <laughs> if, if you don't mind, if, um, indulge me cause it's, 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 it's always been fun. Um, okay. so. So my, my pick, you know, um, obviously if, if you're going to do a blockbuster related podcast, um, I I've already done the movie that I would normally pick with my friends. Um, the, the most quintessential video store movie ever would be clerks. So I'm not going to go with that. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to, but I'm going to go with one that I think is a, uh, like spiritual brother to that movie. And it's a film called high fidelity with John Cusack, yep. Jack Black. I'm, I'm, I take it. You saying, yep, you've seen it. Oh, <laughs> know exactly which one you were talking about so so high fidelity is awesome for anyone listening to this that hasn't seen high fidelity um they basically kind of took the what if john cusack grew out of his 1980s movie phase of you know being kind of the sappy sorry um love struck guy chasing the girl around and stuck him into you know kind of getting ready to go into middle age and kind of regretting his life and realizing that all of his relationship problems are 100 his fault and then going through, you know, all of the breakups and trying to make good and learning more about himself. Adding to that, that you have Jack Black working with him, having an absolute blast in a record store. And it's more like a clerks, you know, anyone who's worked retail just loves the hell out of high fidelity. And um, so, so that's my pick. Um, so if I was to come up and rent high fidelity from your, your golden rewards or golden favorite section, um, what would you recommend? Um, I rent along with it, Sandy. Well, the first thing I say is that do you like all the um, 
you know, the guy comedy movies um, right. first before I even start. And then um, I don't know. I would probably pick something along the same road with like mall rats or oh, something yeah. else had, you know, that went along with that same era of guy comedies. Um, or if you wanted something similar, maybe, you know, I'd go back to 17 again. It's a little bit more modern version of that. There you um, go. But uh, I don't know. I'd probably kick you off of off of uh, Jack Black and, and tell you to go watch uh, What About Bob. Oh, absolutely. What About Bob's a perfect pick. So so then so so then what um what movie are you bringing up that I'm gonna have to oh see give a now my genre is on the other side of the store so yep. I would probably walk up with something like frailty and oh, uh, and <laughs> do you remember that movie oh no you're you're you see you're you're now going way up my alley so so frailty uh-huh. or, or are you just gonna go with frailty I'll just go with frailty all right so if you're gonna rent frailty I'm gonna um tell you to rent session nine. Oh, very nice. Do you know Session 9? You know Session nice. 9. So I probably, to be honest with you, would have probably went with Stir of Echoes or something oh, else. Yeah. Along oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And maybe not quite so horror movie, but Session Nine's good. Session Nine's very I, good. I, I see. Session 9, just, I love Frailty. And, um, and Frailty, Frailty is such a cool movie. Um, that was actually Bill Paxton, um, yep. rest in peace. That was his directorial debut, I believe, um, was I think Frailty. And um, he also starred in it and wrote it, I believe. And um, the reason Session 9 always pops into head for a horror movie recommendation is, one, I, didn't, I don't know if people more outside of my area know, know as much about it. Um, it. It was actually filmed up the road from my house um, <laughs> at, at, at Danvers State Mental Hospital when they were closing it, or it had been closed since like 1990. And they were, re- they were renovating it to turn it into condos and apartments. And so they movie took place in that world where they were renovating it to turn it into apartments. And um, what's who super cool. Who would want to live there? Right. Well, my <laughs> friend Steve, who was one of my managers at Blockbuster, lived there for like six years. And so wow. we had always joked that we needed to watch the movie there and we never did. But um, it would have been horrifying to watch it there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that he probably would never, never slept again. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Oh, but no, frailty, frailty is a great pick. Fa- Thank you for indulging me in that. I, I, I love that. It's, you know, it kind of sets, sets the mood. Um, so, so that kind of, um, that kind of brings me to, to the end. I'm actually, I was so hyped up for this and I'm kind of sad now, but I, I want to, I want to thank you so much. Um, cause I know how, I know how this has kind of skyrocketed your, um, level of busyness and I'm sure you're enjoying the ride, but, uh, you know, I, I offer nothing but, um, you know, 500 to a thousand people usually download this podcast. So people are going to hear you and um, get to know you and get to know me. And hopefully um, this gets me, uh, gets me some more viewership too. And I can help ride this blockbuster love with, with you um, all, all the way to the end, to wherever the end uh, is. You can absolutely. And, and, you know, they can, they can reach out to us on, you know, we have our Twitter and our Instagram and we have Facebook. It's all, you know, uh, Ben Blockbuster and they can reach out to us. And um, yeah, we would love to hear more support. And, and, you know, and I realize a lot of people can't come visit the store, but we love these stories. And I think I've thoroughly enjoyed this too. Nothing yes. is better than sitting around talking about Blockbuster from inventory right. to the terrible computers. And uh, anyway, it's, it's been fun. So, so now I'll, I'll, um, I'll take from that. And again, thank you so, so much again. This has been awesome. Uh, yeah. You actually, actually, you know, happy birthday to me because my birthday was about two weeks ago. I turned 35. 
and I had posted that day. All I want for my birthday this year, Twitter, is um, for the Blockbuster Bend to be on my show. And oh. you, you made that come true. Everyone was like, well. yeah, that's that chance they're all over the news and i'm like ha, 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 yeah yeah we'll see <laughs> well happy birthday i'm glad to have been on here for you i think that's wonderful thank you so i'll do my quick little outro so um again this has been the Talkbuster podcast um this is chris chipman with um sandy harding from uh blockbuster bend in Bl- blockbuster and uh, sorry in blockbuster oregon yeah woo, wouldn't that be great no in <laughs> um in, in bend oregon who is the general manager of the last blockbuster video on the planet earth ladies and gentlemen um and uh, it's been an absolute blast thank you so much um as always you can find me at my patreon patreon.com slash the chippa um you know thank you to all of my patrons so far that you guys keep this going you know it's hard to do this with um a full-time job and a wife and kids that i have to support and I love the fact that my wife gives me time to do this stuff because it's the only real creative outlet that I have right now, and I really enjoy it. Um, The podcasts I do under Patreon are the Chipman Brothers Tangent with my brother Bob, Movie Bob Chipman, Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility with my wife, Um, Shooting the SH um, Asterisk T with Chippa, Um, and I'm at the Chippa on Twitter. Um, and Sandy, do you have anything you want to plug or talk about or point people towards? You know, um, yeah, uh, you know, our, our, yeah, no, our Twitter and Instagram and our Facebook is all just Instagram at, at Ben Blockbuster, Twitter at Ben Blockbuster, Facebook at Ben Blockbuster. Um, yeah, reach out and say hi and let us know um, what your thoughts are about Blockbuster. Awesome. And um, the the people that I've had on this show and that I um, or um, many of my shows that I like to uh, hawk on this as well. And hopefully with the viewership this gets, we'll get them noticed just by me talking about them are uh, the big brown which is a film critic um, ch- uh, website run by my buddy, Peter, who's a librarian. And most of the people that are on there are librarians. They uh, just like reviewing movies. I've written a review or two for them. Um, the geeks with shields podcast, who um, I have an episode coming up with them on, and I've been on two episodes of their show now. Uh, the Research and Destroy podcast, which is awesome. I was on an episode of that talking about Full Moon Video. Um, the Pumpkin Copter cast, which is a local video game um, podcast. Um, I want to point you towards Scarecrow Video in Seattle, which we talked about earlier. I'll be having them on the show soon. And as we talked about earlier, follow along with the Kickstarter as it becomes a real movie of the last Blockbuster documentary about the Bend, block, uh, Bend Oregon Blockbuster store. So um, thank all of you for making this a Talkbuster night or day or whenever you're listening to this. And please be kind, rewind. Thank you so much, Sandy. Oh, thank you. <laughs>